It's the Smart Driving Cars podcast. This week's podcast is sponsored by the Smart ETFs, Smart Transportation and Technology ETF, symbol MOTO. For more information, head to MotoETF.com. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the Faculty Chair of Autonomous Vehicle Engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Alan, very happy that your progress on the health front is continuing. Uh, thank you, Fred. Yes. After 33 days, I came home on Wednesday and uh, uh, I never, never enjoyed home more uh, than on Wednesday. So I'm, uh, I'm continuing. Uh, uh, I have a couple walkers. And in fact, uh, uh, Elizabeth and I and walked Peggy. Uh, to town and back both yesterday morning and today with my walker where I can basically uh, anytime I need to um, put the brakes on and sit down. Uh, so um, I'm progressing, but uh, but it's amazing how much strength I lost. It, it really is. And we're, we're so happy that uh, that you're making the progress. Thank so. you. In the latest newsletter, you start out with some reflections the experience of buying a new Subaru Outlook with what they call EyeSight being standard and the push by car companies to offer more self-driving features. Now, a lot of it was evident by what car makers were showing at the Consumer Electronics Show. And this momentum, you worry, uh, could lead to more urban sprawl instead of a push for mobility for all. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, we've been talking about this now for almost eight years, uh, Fred. Uh, you know, uh, self-driving cars are hot and uh, and the OEMs are absolutely responding. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, Elizabeth and I are looking to uh, get a, a upgrade our 2007 Subaru and uh, went to the car dealer yesterday. And it's, it's amazing um, how um, now even... Um, even the car salesmen are actually selling this stuff. Why? Because it's coming standard, at least if you buy uh, something better than the, than the base model. And, um, and it looks like uh, people are buying them up. But, uh, it's no longer just um, autopilot or options that, uh, that used to be very expensive. That um, At least last time I went in the showroom, uh, car salesmen weren't, uh, weren't selling. Why? Because it's just too hard to sell. And, Guess what? Uh, they're in the business of selling, uh, not uh, sitting there trying to convince you. Uh, but um, but uh, as what we've seen, uh, as what we now see in showrooms, and of course uh, what was promoted uh, to the hilt at CES, uh, uh, the OEMs have realized that the comfort and convenience of of self-driving cars or cars that have a lot of what we've been calling safe driving features, uh, those that enable you to uh, sometimes uh, take your feet off the pedals and hands off the wheels, at least for short periods of time. So, uh, these technologies uh, are really becoming the chrome and the fins uh, that are selling cars uh, to individuals uh, uh, in the tw 2020s. I mean, uh, this is uh, this is a real godsend, I think, uh, for the car manufacturers. Uh, uh, the momentum seems to be all behind that happening, and uh, and given that it's coming out of the OEMs uh, and has uh, has been in the pipeline for some time, but it's finally finding its way at the end of that pipeline. Um, there's little that Washington or Trent 
Princeton or Princeton Council can do about that. Uh, certainly not the the uh, these self-driving car aspects of it. The ones that uh, that basically you buy, you own, you have to be in it um, uh, to use it. Um, but it's uh, it's out there, and uh, of course, maybe there's some problems with uh, with people maybe uh, over relying on it. But uh, at least uh, it seems that except for for a few. Um, uh, people are just trying to be cute. Uh, most people have a lot of respect for for these things and and realize that uh, that if you uh, you don't pay attention, cars can kill you. Uh, but uh, other than that, um, uh, there's just uh, an enormous momentum um, uh, behind these, and hopefully, what they'll do is is continue to improve them uh, and actually get them to work well especially as we've been talking about the number of times the automated emergency braking system. Uh, you know, the OEMs uh, uh, must quit assuming that all stationary objects in the lane ahead can be passed under, and consequently, each is disregarded. But as Tesla is finding out, um, sometimes those objects are parked fire trucks, and they shouldn't be disregarded. Uh, so, in fact, uh, you know, the algorithms that um, that are basically used really shouldn't just be looking for um, free space uh, in the lane ahead, uh, but actually for a cross-section of, of, uh, of space uh, that includes not only the surface of the road, uh, but enough of a, of a headroom such that the vehicle can actually pass under it. And they absolutely must begin to uh, not uh, uh, have false alarms triggered by overpasses that you can pass under or trees that you can pass under or traffic lights that you can pass under or signs that you can pass under. And, um, and because of those false alarms, uh, then just basically uh, disregard them, which is really what has been happening up to today. So they have still have a lot of work to do in that and uh, they need to get to it and do it. And maybe they'll also uh, begin to put in some hard limits on things like overspeeding. I mean, uh, why does a car in the U.S. really have to go over 90 miles an hour or 85? Really? I mean, come on. Um, and uh, and also, you know, with respect to tailgating, um, cars are continuously monitoring uh, the separation between between you and the car in front of you, and they really shouldn't um, shouldn't permit tailgating, um, and um, and it should be the system that that doesn't just beep at you, but keeps you from tailgating, and uh, and really uh, really address the rear end. I think they're getting close on that one, but that that really uh, needs to be there, and of course um, have uh, systems in there to really determine whether or not the driver is paying attention or the driver is impaired. Uh, and I think they're they're all moving towards towards um, what uh, GM started with their system with having either um, eye monitoring or head monitoring systems to see that if you're you're not really paying attention, then basically uh, the system, the toys are taken away, um, the car is pulled over to the side, and until you decide to behave, uh, you don't get to use it again. So uh, we need to really see those things in all these systems, but I think we're, we're, 
we're getting there to be able to to see that. Uh, uh, the unfortunate part of the self-driving cars that everybody is going to be buying is that, of course, uh, um, this is, is going to make uh, using these cars even uh, more pleasant and easier, and and uh, therefore uh, uh, this should lead to uh, the or will lead to substantial urban sprawl. I mean, people will then uh, be um, um, the, 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 the distraction associated with buying a house very far away from where you work uh, is not gone because of the comfort and convenience that these cars offer. And therefore, uh, why not buy the cheap, cheap house on cheap land uh, out in the middle of nowhere? And so, um, you know, this is uh, going to substantially increase urban sprawl, uh, increase vehicle miles travel, increase congestion, and of course, uh, do nothing if not uh, exacerbate uh, energy and pollution challenges. Um, as we've been talking about uh, here, uh, only Waymo style driverless autonomous taxis that are tuned to entice uh, ride sharing can potentially stem the tide of ever more personal car ownership and ever expanding urban sprawl. Might there so be a chance? Might there be a chance, Ellen, that uh, with people getting more accustomed to the technology and and trusting it, that they'll be open to uh, to ride sharing vehicles that that are driverless. And oh, I, I may, maybe this I think maybe this no, can help. <laughs> I think, in some sense, I think that's a good point. Yes, because people will be will be used to the technology, but we we need to have you know a Waymo, or we need to have GM Cruise, or we need to have a Ford Argo out there actually providing that service and doing it safely. And if they do and put it out there, at least, uh, uh, and and uh, the opportunities to do this in a very affordable way and make it easy and, and take the sketchiness out of it, uh, the anxiety out of it, and people used to that, I think, uh, I think they have the opportunity to go out there and absolutely compete um, against these, these vehicles. And in fact, uh, we can all get to a point in which uh, we might have one of these vehicles that we leave at home most of the time. We're, we're basically being chauffeured uh, day in, day out on all our trips uh, by these vehicles. So that's the vision that I see uh, that could happen. But um, those entities, uh, the Waymos, the, the Ford Argos, uh, the GM Cruises, they have to continue to, to invest to make that happen. And it doesn't look like they're going to get any help, um, uh, not that the they want it uh, from Washington. Washington doesn't have enough money to help them. Uh, they couldn't possibly help them. Uh, but I think what they're going to have to watch out for is basically uh, uh, the uh, traditional OEMs with self-driving cars starting to throw monkey wrenches or or Molotov cocktails into the this uh, this driverless uh, autonomous taxi. Um, uh, initiative. Why? Because uh, because instead of you going out there and buying two of these uh, of these vehicles, one for you and one for your wife, and you being completely uh, dependent on these things, uh, you'll have it. You'll buy at most one, or maybe you won't even buy any, and and there'll just be one in your neighborhood 
neighborhood that anybody can use anytime they might want. Otherwise, uh, uh, use this uh, this uh, chauffeured uh, um, driverless mobility service uh, that is uh, that is so darn uh, affordable that uh, my goodness, uh, it's of course what you can use. I mean, this is what some of us have experienced with respect to Uber, Lyft, uh, with in going to airports. You know, I no longer drive my car to an airport. Uh, uh, Why well, to go out and pay uh, thirty-six bucks a day to to Newark Airport to let that car sit there? No, I just get chauffeured up there by Uber, Lyft, and heck, the university's paying anyway. So what do I care? Uh, but if you can, you can get those systems uh, such that they're driverless, and um, and of course the cost uh, because um, you don't have to pay for the driver uh, goes as, almost to zero. I mean, my goodness, uh, we, we'll just take this everywhere. I'll take it to Costco, do my shopping, you know, take it home from Costco, blah blah blah. Go get my hair cut with it, um, uh, you know, just uh, go play softball in it. At least I intend to play softball again next summer too. So anyway, whatever. Well, you're talking about Washington, Alan. At CES, Transportation Secretary Elaine Chao spoke, and she announced AV 4.0 starting out this way. Automated vehicles have the potential to save thousands of lives annually and improve the quality of life through reduction of traffic congestion, increased productivity, and environmental benefits as well. AVs would restore also mobility for millions of people who face transportation challenges, such as the elderly or the disabled. So your thoughts on what is in AV 4.0, what's good, what's not so good? Well, I, you know, it's it's nice. I think it it continues to show uh, at, at USDOT a respect for automation and really a, a, a stickler for automation. It doesn't try to sneak back in all the connected stuff that that really um, uh, you know isn't. It's not. It's not. At, viable or appropriate at this time and stays with the automated and I think it, it basically says uh, it provides a laundry list of of all the activities that DOT is involved but I think that what it also suggests is that in fact uh, you know that's a very small tail uh, at least the DOT and and Washington is a very small tail trying to uh, trying to wag a big, a very big dog. Um, this is uh, uh, Washington doesn't have the money, doesn't have the budget, uh, probably doesn't have the expertise to compete against the enormous momentum that can, that exists today um, in the OEMs, uh, especially for self-driving and in some sense also for the driverless. Uh, looking at the efforts that uh, these uh, ent uh, entities like Waymo, Ford, GM, and others are putting into it. So I think it basically, uh, you know, defines, hey, here's Washington. It points out that, in fact, uh, safety 
is the important consideration and absolutely it is and that's where washington should be to make sure that these things are as safe as they as they can practically be uh, uh, these are not going to be uh perfectly safe uh as we you know uh, not only have we had problems in our air system uh, with respect to maybe some questionable uh software in the uh in the um, uh, Boeing uh, uh, 737 Max, but we have all sorts of other things that go out there and and uh, basically have airplanes crash as as a tragedy that uh, and the unfortunate tragedy uh, with respect to Iran a few days ago. So you know, uh, but um, air travel is extremely safe, and uh, these systems will be extremely safe. And I think it's it's a great role for Washington to make sure they're extremely safe but what I would have liked to have seen in the in the in the document is is a push not just for the the safe driving cars and the and the self-driving safe self-driving cars but a much uh, bigger push uh, for mobility for all through through driverless and not not just uh, um um uh, um, low-speed shuttles. Uh, low-speed shuttles are great. Uh, they're great for certain niche applications, but unfortunately, those niche applications are, in some sense, dead-end applications. Uh, they don't have the opportunity to scale. Uh, so, sure, if we have these things running around uh, Princeton campus, um, the chance that they actually, uh, you know, could go out into the community and also serve the Princeton community um, and uh, Central Jersey and so on is uh, is extremely um, small because of of the speed limitation, and um, and so therefore, uh, unless uh, they they find their way out of uh, the speed limited aspect of it. Uh, they're good for Disneyland. Uh, they're good for amusement parks. They're good for places in which uh, you know you're replacing walking. Uh, but uh, but they're they're just not uh, not appropriate for prime time. Uh, when I look at these things, uh, uh, they to me look uh, look like uh, the Morgantown PRT system uh, that was built uh, uh, 45 years ago. Um, automated system has worked extremely well in terms of uh, delivering mobility in its niche application uh, has been extraordinarily safe, uh, but its total failure is it never scaled. It never expanded. It was never thought to be appropriate to then take beyond the niche application that it found. And therefore, it, is sit, it, is, it sat there for 45 years, uh, basically uh, one little application and not going anywhere. So unfortunately, uh, uh, I see that with respect to these uh, these uh, low-speed shuttles, uh, they might be great in some little quarter. They might be great uh, replacing walking. Uh, they might be great in this private, uh, on this private campus. Uh, but the opportunity to actually go out there and compete against self-driving cars and actually uh, uh, change the, the way uh, people move around so that we can begin to address the energy and, cl and climate and pollution implication of, uh, of the way we move around. Uh, uh, I don't think they have, um, they have a, 
a chance in hell of, of doing it. So, uh, but um, it's a, it's a, it's a nice push and it's a nice statement that, that, that they put out there. Um, um, and, um, and we'll see what, what happens. Um, um, I, I, okay. It would, it would, it would be great to see, to, to, uh, to see the push, yeah. not just mobility for all and, and ride sharing, uh, keyword. Yeah, uh, yeah. I would, I would have loved to have seen a much greater emphasis uh, placed on mobility for all. Uh, at least mobility for all should be uh, above cybersecurity. Sure, cybersecurity is important. Yeah, of course. Uh, but, uh, but uh, come on, uh, providing mobility for all is more important. Um, uh, so uh, at least that's what I think. And, uh, and whatever. Um, but I guess cybersecurity is a little techno thingy that that is easily handled within a, a small framework and so on. Uh, for Washington, mobility for all is a big thing, and uh, and requires really a a disruptive market. We've seen the beginning of that with with Uber, Lyft, and in fact, uh, uh, because it took the sketchiness out of getting into somebody else's car with somebody uh, with a stranger driving simply because the app was so good and and so easy and so fluid and 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 took out a lot of the anxiety and as i said sketchiness of doing this that at least many of us have flocked to use it at least for some specific trips to have more of us choose that kind of mobility it needs to get a heck of a lot cheaper and the only way to make it a heck of a lot cheaper and have it scale because of that that uh, affordability is uh, to uh, really apply automation, which is what the uh, the focus of this uh, of this um, uh, report is all about. And that automation allows for both scale and and affordability, which I don't think is even mentioned anywhere in the whole darn thing. Um, and and with that, all of a sudden, you create a a a a, a service that in fact um, can compete uh, with uh, uh, the use of uh, the individual use of of private automobiles, just as Uber and Lyft has gone there and competed uh, for for my uh, use of them uh, to go to the to and from airports. Um, um, now uh, they make it. Uh, they drop that pr the price of that thing uh, by a uh, by um, you know uh, seventy five percent or something like that. All of a sudden, I say, well, you know, why just not leave my car in the in the driveway and use this? Why do I have to you know um, lug that thing around and have to park and deal with it and so on and then service it? But it's in the driveway. And in some sense, uh, why do I have a bunch of them in my driveway? Well, I think that's an open question. Why do I have a bunch of them in my driveway? Um, maybe I can now order, you know, whenever I want to be in a sports car, I can order a sports car version to come pick me up. Or if I want to be in a convertible, maybe a convertible will come pick me up. Or if I want to be in a, in a more sedan-like setting, a sedan can come pick me up and take me to where I want to go. Uh, uh, that would be the marketplace. That would be a fundamental marketplace. And, uh, and that requires the private sector to go out there and provide it. And I think that that's what, again, Waymo 
um, Ford Argo, GM Cruise, and so on, have the opportunity to put out there, and I hope they continue to work on it. But and, this, and, uh, but this report uh, doesn't uh, doesn't address that uh, in the slightest. At CES, Immobili, owned by Intel, said its technology is now in 17.4 million vehicles. That's cameras, chips, software. And they're collecting 3.7 million miles of sensor data every day. But as you point out, Alan, this is more about self-driving rather than driverless. Yeah, they're in there in the self-driving and they are pulling the data as is, as is Tesla. And so, yes, uh, uh, they, uh, uh, um, uh, Intel and Tesla are sitting on this, uh, this uh, trove of data now whether or not uh, um, um, uh, Intel is doing Intel Mobileye, Mobileye is owned by Intel, Intel Mobileye is, uh, is doing as good of a job collecting uh, as good a data or bad as data as, uh, as uh, Tesla don't know. Uh, I'd certainly like, love to have the opportunity to have uh, access to a slice of, of those data and do an independent assessment as to uh, really how well these systems work work. Uh, it's not only the, the collection of the data um, of, uh, of all the miles driven, most of those miles driven, most, I don't know, 90 some percent of those miles driven are totally boring, totally simple, in some sense, totally useless, okay? However, it is, um, it is the needles in the, that haystack that one wants to find the corner cases, the, the challenging places. And of course, hopefully they are tagging every time there is a crash associated with one of these vehicles and then looking and taking those and really focusing on that. And, and those crashes occur in what? 0.001% of the data or some very, very small amount. And that those are the data that are really valuable. The other whatever number of miles and so on, most of that is, of course, boring. Uh, uh, you might as well throw it away. There's no use keeping it. Uh, but uh, but go out there and, and find those uh, those uh, uh, kernels of of, uh, of gold and and those uh, those needles in that haystack. Uh, that's the valuable piece of all this. You've got Intel there, but another big chip maker that has dominated in mobile phones, really dominated, Qualcomm, also made a CES splash, announcing the Snapdragon Ride platform. Yeah, and so, you know, everybody, all this stuff requires hardware uh, and communications uh, to be able to, to work. And so, you know, we now have uh, NVIDIA, we have Intel, we have Qualcomm, and uh, we have others out there trying to, to, to basically uh, sell uh, the computer hardware, the memory, um, and, uh, and the communications platforms uh, that really uh, make these systems function. Uh, the Qualcomm system is, is of course, uh, focused on self-driving. Why? Because the demands of the computation and, and the communication demands of self-driving are so much less than, than driverless, and they have the opportunity to go out there and provide it, um, whether or not uh, what, uh, what they've produced out there is, is expandable enough or that the algorithms uh, to do 
uh, driverless becomes so so much more simplified and so much more efficient uh, that they can basically um, um, be um, uh, be placed on a smaller technology footprint that allows um, the Qualcomm system to be used. We'll all wait and see, but but it's uh, nice to see Qualcomm out there. It's nice to see competition, and uh, and uh, and that's how we um, we continue to progress. Can make everybody better. Also Absolutely. at C- also at CES, Aptiv was testing a fleet of self-driving vehicles, uh, BMWs at, at McCarran Airport. So they're still yeah. at it in Vegas. They're still at it, and they've been doing it, and I think that's good. They're putting out uh, out there. Uh, they all have uh, safety drivers on board, uh, but in fact, what they're doing is they're collecting a lot of information as to the practical aspects of providing the mobility. What do you need to do uh, so that people, in fact, are are happy with it, and uh, and uh, it's not sketchy, and and and, and uh, there's uh, anxiety relief associated with it. You know all the all the really, uh, I would say, tough technology aspects of these things that deal with the social interaction of the rider and the, and the social interaction of these systems in the environment, which is uh, which is uh, where we need to put an enormous amount of work. I think with respect to having the the algorithms that keep vehicles in lanes and keep them from crashing and allow them to merge and allow them to stop at red lights and stop signs and do yielding and all that stuff. Uh, we've essentially done all that uh, and that's that's done. What we now need to do is basically put in and, and develop uh, the systems that allow for these things to actually be used and be preferred and be, and be uh, cherished uh, by the riders public and actually have them be successful in the marketplace uh, so that they can scale and and have the opportunity to provide mobility for all and in fact begin uh, through ride sharing to address uh, the challenges of congestion energy and pollution um, and affordability so um, great I think it's wonderful that Aptiv is out there expanding basically expanding the operational design domain in which they're providing the service and to provide it to uh, again another trip type uh, for which uh, people might actually say hey I want to use these systems as opposed to my car or something else We'll continue in just a moment, but this is a good time to remind you about our sponsor this week, the Smart ETFs, Smart Transportation and Technology ETF, symbol M-O-T-O. For more information, head to MOTOETF.com. ETFs are exchange-traded funds, and if you're looking to invest in these new forms of transportation that we're talking about every week and are in the newsletter, etc., check out MOTOETF.com to learn more. Alan at ARS Technica, Timothy Lee has a piece on Waymo's hitting 20 million miles on public roads, and he asks the question what if Waymo's approach is a dead end? That maybe, in his words, Waymo has bitten off more than it can chew by attempting to go to market with a general purpose taxi service. In the newsletter, you're giving Waymo a bit more credit. Well, I'm giving him more credit because you know what uh, what Timothy is suggesting is in fact, uh, um, you know, maybe these low-speed vehicles is an avenue to be a, be 
transitioning from self-driving to driverless to then uh, autonomous taxi and as uh, as we discussed earlier i just i think those things are, are in some sense dead ends uh because of, of their speed limitations and uh great they provide some mobility in in um, um in in uh, disneyland or in uh, in um, uh uh, private um, office parks and so on, but uh, they don't have the opportunity to to uh, really go out there and provide mobility uh, to the larger marketplace. I think what uh, what uh, uh, and therefore um, is a dead end, and for them to transition uh, from where they are to provide mobility um, to the uh, larger marketplace, larger. I mean, to the marketplace. Uh, there's essentially you know an infinitesimal marketplace for the for the niche market, uh, for them to transition into that larger marketplace, guess what they're going to have to do? They're going to have to go through what Waymo's going through. So, in fact, what Waymo's and and GM Cruise and and Ford Argo, I think, have 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 realized is uh, if we really uh, want to try to provide mobility for all, and we really want to be disruptive, uh, this is what we have to do. And um, and unfortunately, it's not just uh, uh, to get the algorithms to work so that you can go down some street and show and basically hang out the window with your hands hanging out and say, "Look, mommy, uh, no hands on wheel." It is much more than that, and in fact, it has to not only deal with making sure that in fact uh, uh, these vehicles stay in the lane or able to change lanes, don't crash into each other, and so on and avoid pedestrians, blah, 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 but also be able to deal with the societal aspects of this thing, of actually having people be comfortable, anxiety-free, uh, sketchy, not think of these things as sketchy, and in fact, uh, uh, be perfectly comfortable uh, sharing a ride with somebody else. Uh, and if we can get them uh, to be that, then we have the opportunity to be really disruptive. So yes, uh, this has been somewhat of a moonshot, and a moonshot for Waymo not only to get uh, to driverless, but only, but more, the bigger moonshot, maybe it's a Mars shot, we should call it, is to be able to get these systems such that such that uh, they're accepted in neighborhoods. Uh, I don't mind it if they come driving down my street. Uh, I don't mind if they use uh, uh, my my neighborhood, my street, and in fact, I welcome it and and use it uh, just like I welcome and use elevators. I don't even think about it. I just hop in, takes me to where I want to go, and then I forget about it. You know, I I'm in Brooklyn. I just forget about it. Well, you always open the right doors here, Alan. You mentioned Mars, and of course, Mars means Elon Musk, and Elon Musk means Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. we've got we've got some Tesla headlines again. Uh, yeah. First, another challenge to hackers. At a hacking competition in March in Vancouver, this is again uh, with the company putting up lots of cash and this time apparently multiple Model 3s for those able to crack uh, Tesla systems, including autopilot and infotainment. And you're saying really this is a smart move. 
I think it's, I mean, my, my goodness, uh, do you realize how much it, it costs for an individual company to have all of its programmers sit there and, and try to hack into these things and find these things an enormous amount of money. They're throwing a million bucks on the table and saying, Hey, all you uh, 13 year olds out there, you got nothing better to do, see what you can do. And we do we think we're good. And so, I mean, I think it's a brilliant way to do this. And, uh, and I, I guess I haven't heard any or seen any responses to this i think for the most part that everybody's been pretty damn unsuccessful so kudos to uh to uh, uh tesla looks like their systems are pretty damn good and even uh, you know the 13 year olds out there who have nothing better to do than try to hack systems can't seem to be able to get in there uh and uh, and if they do what's it cost uh tesla they get to find out about it and fix it and lock that thing out of there and you know pay a million bucks and and give a couple of uh, model threes out there oh my goodness uh, uh brilliant elon wins either way I, yeah, he wins either way. Absolutely. This is what you want to do with Meanwhile, any of this. What you want to do with any of these things is you find, want to find the places in which it doesn't work and then do what? Fix it. And this is a great way to do it. And if they're really good, maybe he hires them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. My goodness. I mean, <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> Meanwhile, a Tesla driver in Ontario got a ticket for flossing his teeth while on autopilot with the vehicle zipping along at 84 miles an hour. The charge here was reckless, was careless driving. Yeah, but why didn't he get a, a ticket for speeding? I mean, you know, what is the speed limit in Ontario? Um, look, um, uh, good. I mean, um, uh, uh, these systems should not be used to... Uh, to go at excessive speeds, and uh, or to be sit there and uh, and uh, be a jerk uh, and misbehave, and um, so um, uh, great. Uh, uh, keep putting out those tickets, whether for for uh, uh, what you uh, charge them with, or speeding, or whatever, going through stop signs. Certainly, if people go through red lights. Okay, I mean, come on. Uh, that's uh, someone's supposed to be in control. They're, these systems don't stop for red lights, and so it ha absolutely has to be, you know, that um, that in fact there's still enforcement. And uh, and if uh, somebody goes through a red light, uh, they just absolutely deserve a ticket. It's just Tesla, like anybody Tesla, else. Tesla, though, it does have monitoring on the steering wheel. At least the the model that I uh, test drove, and I think all of them have that. That if your yeah, hands on the wheel, you get warnings and. Yeah, and so on. I mean, why do you have to have your hand on a steering wheel? As long as, what you need to do is be paying attention and be able to grab the wheel. Okay, but guess what? what these systems are good enough so that, in fact, they shouldn't put you in a situation where you start grabbing the wheel. And, in fact, in all these situations, don't all of a sudden alert me to grab the wheel such that I, you know, turn the steering wheel, flip the car, put it on its roof, and I die. Okay? I mean... Uh, come on, the systems need to be good enough uh, such that they keep vehicles from crashing, keep you from tailgating, keep you from excessive speeds, and and uh, and keep you safe. It's sitting there 30 times a second monitoring what's going on. Uh, you know, these, um, these situations don't come out of the clear blue instantaneously. You evolve into them. So have these systems work such that they don't allow you to evolve into into situations in which you would 
have to grab the wheel. On the bright side, this guy in Ontario got a gold star from his dentist, but that's besides the whatever. Point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tesla I shares, always, by the way. I, I, I always floss, Fred. Don't you always floss? <laughs> of course. I tell my dentist I always floss. <laughs> oh, I'm terrible. I'm such a bad guy. Tesla shares, by the way, had another big week with a, a few ups and downs, but closing the week at over four hundred seventy-eight dollars a share. Nothing to sneeze at. Man, unbelievable. Okay. And kudos, uh, kudos to everybody, really. I mean, if, if you know, uh, if it wasn't for Teslas, maybe nobody would be doing electric vehicles. Okay. I mean, they're dominating the marketplace. They're dominating that. And, and, and in fact, um, you know, people are buying them. Okay. The, this is, this is, nobody's forcing anybody into, into, uh, they don't even have showrooms. Okay, there's not even any high, high pressure uh, sales uh, uh, techniques going on, and I don't know. I, I don't watch TV anymore. But are there even Tesla commercials on TV to buy them? I, I haven't I, seen one. I, they, I, I, I guess I you could say they, they do have some showrooms, few and far between, but. They, do uh, they have. have a few, I don't guess we could call them showrooms, but they're not these palatial things, no. uh, you know, that, that the OEMs is, have forced car dealers to build with the, with the glistening uh, um, uh, chrome and the enormous signs and whatever. I mean, you know, they might be in some shopping center someplace where you, uh, but, but um, you know, there's been none of that promotion. I, I don't believe and or at least I am again. I don't watch TV because I can't stand to watch any of those commercials from anybody. I mean, how does anybody watch TV anymore? I mean, it's just whatever. That's another topic. I think you've been known to watch a football game, but we'll, well, we'll just I, skip over I, I, do watch, I do watch the Steelers. <laughs> the Steelers are going to win the Super Bowl, right? <laughs> right. They, the, when I when I, when I was out of it and in, in, in the hospital. They didn't lose. They, oh, yeah, damn it. They lost to the Jets. Oh, how could they lose to the Jets? No wonder. Good thing I was passed out. Glad I didn't see that. That must have been really ugly. And finally, from the half-baked section of the newsletter is Wired's take on AV 4.0. They said a new transportation department policy on self-driving cars is long on boosting the industry and short on ensuring its safety. And you kind of take issue with that. Well, I don't know what the heck. I, the safety must be referred to uh, a gazillion times in there. I mean, it is all about safety. Uh, there is uh, no reason for the executive department uh, to uh, have a, a regulatory uh, or oversight function except for safety. Uh, and DOT recognizes that. Safety is their most important responsibility. And uh, this to me, this report to me, uh, absolutely uh, reaffirms that. And in fact, uh, they should be there to make sure that these things are safe. I think uh, I think the, the public won't put up with them if they're not safe. But of course, even before the public doesn't put up with it, um, uh, DOT and and uh, 
and um, the federal regulatory uh, structure will be out there making sure that they are safe, not only safe in the movement of people, but also safe in the movement of goods. And absolutely, if these systems aren't safe, uh, then we should just go out and play golf. I mean, you know, we're, uh, this is a waste of our time. And so absolutely, as we saw with respect to the Uber crash and, and Elaine Herzberg, you know, you have to be safe. You, you screw up even a little bit and you cause that, man, you're out of business. Uh, look at uh, what's happened to poor Boeing. I don't I shouldn't say poor Boeing, but Boeing uh, with respect to, uh, to the, um, the, um, uh, 737 max. I mean, uh, look, if there's any, any even uh, semblance of um, issues with respect to safety, uh, uh, the public sector and all of us society shouldn't be, shouldn't put up with it. And of course, uh, Washington represents uh, societal uh, interests here. Uh, what they should also be promoting, though, is a better form of mobility so that, in fact, uh, we can, uh, more of us uh, can take advantage uh, and be, of uh, having excellent mobility. And, uh, and, uh, and my goodness, where is the Federal Transit Administration on all this? This is such an opportunity for them to become relevant. And I mean, um, they seem brain dead, but um, whatever. Um, People aren't going to like that comment. Well, <laughs> on that note, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll wrap are. up this edition. Uh, thanks to our sponsor this week, the Smart ETFs, Smart Transportation and Technology ETF. The ticker symbol for the ETF is MOTO. And for more information, you can go to MOTOETF.com. You can find us at smartdrivingcar.com, also on Anchor FM, Spotify, TuneIn, Apple, Google, Spreaker, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts or wherever you're listening to a smart speaker, you can ask for us. You can find my tech reports at textonation.com. Alan, I know I joined our listeners in saying it's so good to hear you and good to know that you're on the road to recovery. Yep. Thank you for everybody. Thank you for all your thoughts, prayers, and so on. You you pulled me uh, back from um, the twilight zone into uh, uh, back on this earth, and um, and I do appreciate it. And um, hopefully, um, hopefully, uh, I can help here. Um, that's all I'm trying to do is uh, try to provide some help here. So uh, thank you to all, and um, and yes, um, um, I'm doing well. I'm I, I'm feel good and uh, hopefully uh, uh, that would be just a, a long uh, a, a forgotten nightmare that I just went through. I hope so. I'm Fred Fishkin along with Alan Kornhauser. Thank you so much for listening.